you know, one of my hospice patients, I asked him, what does he regret or what does he wish that he'd done more of? And he said, I wish I allowed people to love me more rather than pushing them away. He said he wished he gave himself more permission to be loved, that he was good enough to deserve the respect, the affection, and the love of other people. And I hope that you will take this story with you as you think about your friendships, your bonds, your connection with friends, family, loved ones. Nurture those bonds. Water the seeds of connection that you planted. Watch as it grows. It bears fruit and nourishes you and everyone else involved. You're listening to the Purpose Builder Podcast, the show that shares deathbed wisdom and actionable strategies to help you live a happier, healthier, and more fulfilled life. I'm your host, hospice and palliative care doctor, certified coach, and hypnotist, wearer of many hats, and champion of you living the best life possible during your time here on Earth, Dr. Louis Kathy Zhang. This week, we are continuing our two-part series on adult friendships with nurturing and maintaining them as adults and also addressing the challenges that come with friendships. At the end of this episode, you will hear all the different ways you can start using today to nurture and deepen existing friendships and how to manage conflicts when they arise, whether that's around boundaries, arguments, forgiveness, and anything else that may arise when humans and their emotions are involved. So let's get to it. Hello, and welcome back to another episode. So Last week, we spoke about creating new friendships and connections as adults. And as promised, this week, we are discussing how to maintain them and talking about any challenges and obstacles that may come along the way. And look, you probably know that friendships, like anything, require nourishment. They require active energy and intention to help them grow and Frankly, it's easier to do that with some friendships than others. And again, if something is important to you, you need to prioritize it. Like I've talked about with time in previous episodes or work-life blend episodes, your priorities happen first. If you don't set an intention or if you do not set a priority, life will set them for you and then you won't be able to get to the things that you actually want to do. So with friendships, first things first, regular touch points, regular communication is key. And I'll be frank, I am not perfect at this. This is something I've been much more intentional about this year specifically as well. Schedule regular catch-ups. Go for walks. Go for planned outings. You don't have to just go out and say, hey, let's go to dinner and spend you know, $100 at least for food that you may or may not love. You can take a class together. You can work out together. You can run errands like, hey, meet me at Costco. Oh, I'm going on a Target run. Do you want to join me? Let's catch up. Put it on the calendar. You know, you can text, call, video chat if you can't for some reason meet up in person. Facebook has this thing where it's like memories on this day eight years ago, and then it'll show you a picture or something like that. And then you can share that with your friends as well. These are just little things. You can express gratitude and appreciation, whether that's, hey, 
I love you, or I'm glad we're friends, or hey, bro, I was thinking of you. That for some people can actually mean a lot. It can go a long way. Sometimes, let's say we go on work trips or conferences, you can go out and meet your friends or make a detour and swing by to see some of your friends who live nearby. One of my husband's friends moved away from New York to the South for work, and he had a work conference in Philly. So he decided to take the train up for the weekend. And it was really nice for my husband and his friend and all their mutual friends to meet up together after a long time apart. And it was just a little bit extra effort on his part and for him to have the intention of being like, you know what? I miss my friends. I haven't seen them in a while. Let me make this happen. So that's something that you can build into your life. You're probably already going to do it. Let's say you're going on vacation. You could go visit a friend and make a trip out of it. I wrote for the beginning of the year on my 2023 intentions list that I wanted to visit more friends who don't live nearby. And so I put it on my calendar. And when I went to visit my friends who were actually in Philly, they were like, oh, hey, so what brings you to town? Are you here for something? Are you here for an event, a conference? And I'll be honest, it made me a little bit sad because that's the norm, right? oh, I happen to be in town for something else and let's hang out. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It still shows effort. You could be in town and just not say anything and not meet up with them. And when I told them, I was like, no, actually, I'm just here to see you guys. It felt, I think, nice for all of us to be like, oh, you and you alone are reason enough for me to come visit. And I think we could all use a little bit more of that, don't you? The next thing with maintaining and nurturing friendships is to prioritize the quality and the depth of your connection. There is a TED Talk that has gone viral. His name is Robert Waldinger, and I'll put the link in the show notes. But he was like the fourth director of a longstanding research study. And basically, he spoke that relationships determine Basically, he said that the quality of the relationships that we have determine the health and the quality of our lives. Literally, it's a great, great TED Talk. It's been viewed by millions and millions of people. And it makes sense, right? It's not necessarily about the number of connections or acquaintances or like these people that you kind of know, but not very deeply. There's a Chinese slang, maybe it's a Shanghainese slang, I'm not exactly sure, but it describes acquaintances as meat and wine friends. You know, essentially those people that you kind of just go to happy hour with or you just see at the bar or after a work thing and you're like, hey, cool, what's up? And you have chit chat and it doesn't go anywhere. Most people want the type of friendships where they can be themselves, they can be there for each other when there's trouble or there's hard times, and they would prefer that than to have lots of surface-level interactions with lots of different people. So if you are intentional and you're willing to be vulnerable, you can foster the type of friendship that is meaningful. And here's the good thing, it doesn't take long if the people involved are open to it. I'll give an example. I have gone on conferences. I've gone on trips with people that at the beginning, I didn't know, I would say 90, 95% of them. And I would sit next to someone. I would have a 15, 20 minute conversation. And basically what we decided all to do, 
either consciously or unconsciously because we were in that kind of container, is that we said, hey, we get a little bit of the small talk out of the way in the first few minutes, and then we ask the deep questions. We're not afraid to kind of go there. And I think if you find those people or if you can find a way to nurture that quality within yourself, that curiosity for someone else's life story, that can be incredible for fostering deeper connections with people. And it builds these beautiful bonds. Like I, you know, ended up crying at the end with a bunch of people that I just spoke to for 15, 20 minutes because we went there. And it was so beautiful to witness another human being just speaking their truth. And so again, this all ties in with intention. And here's a reminder about intention. I have met a lot of people, friends, family members, even some clients who are like, you know what? I don't have a lot of friends or, you know, I feel like my friends don't really like me or respect me. They're not like really reaching out. Okay, we can talk about this. We can sort this out. And what I do ask, and I ask this of myself is like, okay, if I want to hang out more with my friends, then I need to make it known. Other people cannot read your mind right? And when it comes to life and the evolution of our friendships with each other, we all have to adapt to changing circumstances. There are different seasons of life for each person, and that affects our friendships. If you have the mental bandwidth because things in your life are perhaps a little bit more stable, then maybe it's okay to be the one who initiates the meetup, the contact, the communication, the texting, the planning, etc. Maybe that's how it is for now. Maybe that is how it's been for your entire friendship. Some people are planners and other people wait until the last minute and fly by the seat of your pants. Obviously, though, if you feel like it's a totally lopsided friendship, then you may want to address it to air it out into the open. And you can reevaluate whether you want to continue that friendship if that's important to you. There is a line between flexibility and disrespect, and you will have a sense of what that feels like for you, okay? So speaking of changing circumstances, let's talk about overcoming friendship challenges. This is a doozy, okay? As we know, any interaction between people can produce conflicts. It is human nature. Friendship is no exception. So when it comes to conflicts, take it from someone who has to navigate lots of conflict in family meetings, in telling patients and families that they're dying, that their cancer is back, that we don't have any further treatments for the disease, etc. Communication is key. It is absolutely priority number one. Listen, be curious, be respectful, express your feelings, mean what you say, and also say what you mean. It is incredibly easy to misconstrue someone else's intentions, especially when you feel hurt. What I like to say is assumption without clarification is conjecture until proven otherwise. 
you see it all the time in movies. People assume one thing without having all of the information necessary to make the right decision. And then they get angry and frustrated and insulted or something. And then when the truth is revealed, they realize, oh, okay, that makes a lot more sense. And it's bound to happen with friendships in real life as well. Another thing that can cause lots of conflict in friendships is respect and boundaries. That's a common source of friction. You know, I was reading Michelle Obama's new book, The Light We Carry, and she was talking about how her and Barack's attachment styles and ways of resolving conflict in their relationship were consequences of their upbringing. Barack Obama's family is very open. They want to air things out. They want to talk it through in the moment of conflict, partially because his family mostly lives in Hawaii and it takes a long time for them all to get in the same room together in the same space. So when they're there, they're like, okay, you know, we're going to sort this out because we may not see each other for a very long time. Whereas Michelle Obama's style is she's like, I need time to cool off. My family sees each other all the time. Like we need time to collect and think because that's the way that she grew up. It is the same thing with friendships. People have different levels of comfort with personal space, with affection. People have different needs regarding the amount of social interaction or alone time that they have. So be mindful. Are you expecting your friends to reciprocate what seems natural to you, but is unnatural for them? And, you know, I harp on this because I see so many people so many people at the end of life who say that they regret letting small squabbles get in the way of their friendships, get in the way of their family relationships, and even big squabbles, okay? The issue is, is that most people only realize at the very end, when their time is short, that they want to reconcile with people that they care about. And they realize the profound impact of friendship on their overall well-being, on their sense of fulfillment and what it means to have lived a good life. So people then want to call up their friends and sometimes it works out. Other times those friends have changed phone numbers. You can't find them. They've moved away or they have died. And so my hope is that hearing this makes you think of someone in your life that you may want to reach out to. Get mediation if needed, a third party, a mutual friend, someone who is level-headed, someone who is impartial, someone who can be like, hey, you know, see both sides of the situation and doesn't take sides. Someone who can see both sides of the situation and maybe guide you two through it. And again, my question is always this. If you think reconciling with a friend, trying to repair a relationship is something that you would want to do when you're on your deathbed, why on earth would you wait until then? Why? If you have the foresight, if you have the ability, if you're listening to this episode right now, why would you wait? There could be a whole different relationship between you and this person that could enrich your life in immeasurable ways, both of your lives, if you take the steps necessary to do what you might do 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years from now. Think of the relationship that you can have or 
the amount of anguish and stress that you might save yourself or someone else. That's a huge, huge thing that for a lot of people, they kind of just let it hang over their lives and push it to the very back of their minds, but it's always there. And speaking of holding on, this next part is all about letting go and forgiving. So forgiveness is up to you. I want to put that out there. You may not have to forgive and you may not want to forgive someone else. That's up to you. I do want to mention, and I've talked about it before in previous episodes about forgiveness. Forgiveness does not mean that what happened was okay. It doesn't mean that what happened was right because a lot of times and many, many times it does not, it can't be forgiven in that sense of the word. Forgiveness means that you are ready to let it go and make peace with it. Forgiveness means that you want to try to live a life without this having such a hold over you. And just know that holding on to that incident will affect you whether you are aware of it or not. And I do want to mention this because I see it time and time again with my clients and that sort of thing. People who cannot forgive others usually also tend to not be able to forgive themselves. I want to remind you that you deserve forgiveness too. You can forgive yourself for the things that you think are unforgivable. And if you could potentially do that for yourself, then maybe it's a possibility to do that for others as well. And look, when it comes to friendships, sometimes we just grow apart. Sometimes we become different people. Humans change over time. The person you were friends with in high school isn't exactly the same human being 20 years later. And guess what? Neither are you. And sometimes that can be wonderful and that can add to your friendship, to your relationship and strengthen the bond. And other times it is disastrous and it's not good. It's not a good look at all. So you have to ask yourself, does this friendship give me energy or does it take it away from me? If it does drain you of energy, I want you to ask yourself, why? Is it because you have different values? Is it because you have different expectations? Is it because you secretly resent them for one small thing that they did years ago, but you never talked about it because you're like, whatever, we're just friends, but it's still festering inside of you and causing you to have some friction with them. And, you know, sometimes we're not meant to be friends with everyone. Some friendships are not meant to last forever. And that's okay. It's a part of being human. It's a part of growing of life. There is a great Tupac quote that says, just because you lost me as a friend doesn't mean that you gained me as an enemy. I'm bigger than that. I still want to see you just not at my table. It's okay to let people be the people that they are. It's okay to let people be as they are and to not wish them ill, but merely to say, hey, you know what? We can go our separate ways and that's okay. And if all of the past 20 some odd minutes was not enough to change your perspective on how you approach your friendships, I want to leave you with this story. 
Stop thinking about your life, your friendship as a burden to others. And I mentioned this in the first episode of this series about creating new friendships. It's not that you have to beg someone to be your friend. You provide a lot of value as an individual person. One of my husband's friends was telling us over dinner how she recently came back from a trip abroad to Singapore. And she was telling us all the food that she ate and the sights that she saw. And she was like, oh, we had a great time, amazing, and gave us all these wrecks for when we go next time. And at one point she, you know, looks around. She's like, when I was there, I couldn't help but think of a mutual friend of my husband's that they all knew that had died, who was from Singapore. This person, we'll just call her Anna. Anna died of cancer in her 30s. And my husband's friend and Anna were essentially like sisters. And they would hang out all the time. They would grab dinner. They would call each other on the phone. They would go on trips together, all of this stuff. And Anna had gone back from the States to Singapore because her family was there and didn't tell anyone that she was sick, that she had cancer, that she was essentially dying. And my husband's friend kept reaching out because she hadn't heard from Anna in a while. She's like, hey, I haven't heard from you. Are you okay? That sort of thing. And this friend of my husband's started crying at dinner because she wished that her friend hadn't been suffering in pain on the other side of the world alone without her friends. She had her family, but not her friends. She really wanted Anna to know how much she was loved. And again, I'm not here to judge. Some people are intensely private and that's their decision. I just wanted to show you that if you are someone who pushes people away or is like, you know what? I don't want to be a burden to them. I wanted to show you what's on the other side. If you're the type of person who thinks you don't want to be a burden and you'll just go through it alone, there are people out there who want to love you, who want to support you, who want to care for you if you allow them to do so. You know, one of my hospice patients, I asked him, what does he regret or what does he wish that he'd done more of? And he said, I wish I allowed people to love me more rather than pushing them away. He said he wished he gave himself more permission to be loved, that he was good enough to deserve the respect, the affection, and the love of other people. And I hope that you will take this story with you as you think about your friendships your bonds, your connection with friends, family, loved ones. Nurture those bonds. Water the seeds of connection that you planted. Watch as it grows. It bears fruit and nourishes you and everyone else involved. That is one key aspect to living a meaningful life with the time that you have. Thank you so much for listening each and every week. I'm grateful to you always. If you want more deathbed wisdom and practical advice, be sure to follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn. Both of those links will be in the show notes. And keep an eye out for my newsletter, which will be coming very shortly. Thank you for listening. Until next time, take care of yourselves and take care of each other.